Today's daf is daf chaf, page 20 in the Heilige Meseches Ksubis. And we are up to um, two lines from the bottom of Yud Tessama Bez, Omar Rav Sheshes. All right, two lines from the bottom. And let's remind ourselves of the sugya that we're in. So a few lines ago, we just uh, completed learning a brisa. The brisa taught us that if you have two witnesses who sign on a star, and then they pass away, all right, so they are six feet under, they cannot come and tell us that it's their signatures. We see the names. We just don't know that their signatures are valid. They can't tell us that. Two other Adam come and they say, you know what, there's an issue with those signatures because at the time that they were, you know, they did sign it, but you should know at the time that they signed it, they were either Katanim, they were Apostle, they were Onos, they were forced to sign. So these, this group of witnesses that's claiming the signatures are no good are trustworthy. However, if there's two other Adim that come and say, no, it actually is valid. So now we have two against two. And we say those two knock each other off. And, um, and we're back to square one. Okay? So um, uh, over here. Right, so first we said the second group is not believed. Says the Gemara, but why the group's not believed? Says Gemara, why not? Let's let's deal with Treyu trade two against two, and uh, let us go back to square one. So that's where we pick up from. We're up to Amar of Sheshes, two lines from the bottom. So Amar of Sheshes, Rav Sheshes says no. I'll explain to you why the second group of witnesses that are saying it is a valid signature is not believed. And here's the reason: Zoto Merit is coming to teach us that when two Adam contradict previ- two other previous Adam, we consider that to be the beginning of the Azoma. And as we explained last. Last time, the same way by an aid zomim, when two witnesses come and they say the original witnesses are not valid because they were with us on that time in that place, um, and therefore they can't testify. You can only do that. The halacha of of kasher zomim is that the the group that originally testified has to be in front of us. So in this case, we're again, what's happening? Two witnesses sign on a document, they die. Two other witnesses say, you know, when they signed on it, it wasn't valid. And now two, uh, a, a third set of witnesses come along and they say, no, 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 it is valid. Says the Gemara, we don't, the, the, the issue over here is, is that the first two witnesses, the, the first two witnesses that signed are six feet under. They're not in front of us in order to, uh, in order for any type of testimony to have an impact. And if you say, they need to be here, therefore, top of, tomorrow, top of today's daf. The same way you can only turn uh, uh, people into witnesses in front of them. So too with Achasha, uh, they have to be here as well. Amr Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman says to Rav Sheshas, one second, one second. If the people who signed on the document are here and then two witnesses come along and say, you know, you shouldn't trust those signatures because they were Katanim, that we would consider that to be contradictory uh, testimony. And we wouldn't, uh, uh, we wouldn't give any validation to the signatures. Why? Because now I have the testimony of the signatures being valid, plus the new, the two new witnesses coming along and saying that at the time of the signatures, there was an issue. They would cancel each other out. So now that they're the ones who actually signed are six feet under, they're not here. If they would be here, maybe they would admit, 
um, are, are we going to say that we would believe them to, uh, to collect the loan based upon this? Ask the Gemara a beautiful question. Ready for this? Gavaldi. If the Edom were here, let's say they didn't die. The ones who signed actually did not die. Let's say that would be the case. So they're here. And two witnesses come and say, you know something? When you signed, you were 11 years old. Is there a chance that the ones who signed will say, you're right? Yeah, you have that chance. There is a possibility that they're going to, uh, they're, they're going to agree. And if that would be the case, since there's the possibility of them admitting um, to, to the ones who contradicted them, it's going to lose the validity. So over here where they're not here, are we going to say that we're going to, that we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to believe them and therefore allow the loan to be connect, collected? Why are we causing a greater loss in a situation where you don't even have the opportunity for possible agreement to to the uh, to, uh, to the second group's testimony of of puzzle signatures. El Amr of Nachman, rather Nachman says to explain uki tre tre. Here's what we do. What we do is like this: we have two adim that signed on the document, two adim that are coming to contradict the signatures and saying yes, it's your signatures, but you were puzzle. So that we put those two adim against the first two adim. And the bottom line is, whoever's holding on to the money holds on to it. In other words, we're back to square one. You have a document, you know what the answer is? We don't care. Because what's on the document? Two witnesses. Well, two other witnesses are coming and being machishit. They're coming to argue on that. What are you left with? Nothing. They cancel each other out. We're back to square one. Nobody has to pay back any of the loan. It's going to be similar to the case of Barshatya. Now, this is going to be a, a it's going to take us for a while. And today's daf is all about validation of shtaris. But particularly, this is going to become a big focus of the next little while, and that is this concept of of uh, Barshatya's nechasim, Barshatya's property. Now, who's Barshatya? So this is a fascinating situation. The Barshatya zovin nechse. Barshatya, and look at his name. You see the name? Bar, son of, Shatya, Shaita. You know, what's a Shaita? A fool. A person who doesn't have Das. So we gave him a name. This guy's name, apparently, we call him Barshatya. And he sold his property. Asu betray. And two witnesses came and they said, Amri, Kishuhu Shaita Zavin. Barshatya sold the property when he didn't have mental capacity. And therefore, it's not a valid sale. Va'asi betray. And two other witnesses come. Va'amri. And they say, Kishuhu Cholim Zavin. Now, apparently, he had a type of disorder that at times he was considered a Shota. At times, he wasn't considered a Shota. And it was, it's very hard to know. And we have this nowadays. People in the mental health community understand. Yeah, it, it's not. All uh, it's not all uh, straight shooting all the time. Sometimes a person's in a, a space where they have capacity, and sometimes you know uh, they don't have that. So two witnesses say it's not a valid sale because Barshatya didn't have the mental capacity to sell at that time. Two other witnesses come along and they say no, no, no. He was fine when he actually sold it. So what do you do? They're coming to argue on each other. So I'm a Ravashi. Ravashi says, Uki tre lahade tre. It's two verse two. Vuki mari. So you see, what do you see from Barshatya? Whenever you have two against two, you just have them cancel out. And ultimately, what's the, and ultimately, what do we do? We say, whoever's got the money holds on to the money. Nothing needs to be paid back. Velaya moran, but this is only true, okay? This is only true when Barshatya clearly owned the property in that he inherited it from his father. But if let's say Barshatya doesn't 
didn't gain the property as a family inheritance. Rather, how else would he have inherited? How else would he have gotten it in his domain? Maybe he bought it. Says the Gemara, beautiful. Amrinon, you know what we're going to say? Kishem kishahu shaita zavan ukishahu shaita zavan. You hit us? Incredible. The Gemara is going to say like this: If you're going to say that at the time that, that if he got it through a sale, you have no right to say, well, when he bought it, he was of sound mind. And now when he's selling it, he's not a sound mind. How do you know? It, you, you, you have to be consistent. Okay? So the Gemara is clarifying. You know what? There's something called tre utre. Two against two. They're going to cancel each other out and you're going to be left with the chazaka. And now the Gemara is just clarifying the story of Barshatya and saying, but by the way, if you're going to be, call it lenient, maybe, maybe, you know, and, and say that the, the sale is, is uh, not valid and it goes back, you can only say that if he never came into his domain needing das but if it ever if the way it came into his domain is needing das and you're going to say he actually owns it so you have to be consistent and say you know what so when he sold it also he lechora he seemingly had das and it's going to be a valid sale Omar Rabbi Avohu Rabbi Avohu says Omar Rabbi Avohu Rabbi Avohu says Ein mazimen esa'idem elebifneim we know you can only make edem into zomimen and when they're here, when they're in front of us, and also umachish, however, umachishim esaidim shloim b'fnei. If you're going to contradict Adam, they do not need to be here. Now, according to this, if you have two witnesses that sign on a document and die, two other witnesses come along and say, "Hey, by the way, those are signatures, but they were puzzle edus. They were they weren't valid testimony. We actually would consider it two v two." And it'll knock each other off, even though the first set is not here. Originally, we said hachasha is like hazama, that it needs to be here. Arguing is like an edem zomim. Now it says Rabbi Avo, no, it doesn't mamish. It doesn't have the status of a zomim, and they don't need to be here. Hence, it would be two v two, even if they die. And you should know, even when you have two uh, witnesses arguing on the original two witnesses, and the original witnesses aren't here. They won't turn, the first witnesses won't turn in Deim Zaymin, but which is a fascinating Chiddush. And the Gemara is saying like this, what happens if you have two witnesses that testify that Yankul killed in St. Louis on July 26th at 6 p.m., 7 p.m.? Okay. Two other witnesses come up, show up to Besdin, and they say like this. They say, you know, those two witnesses who say Yankul killed on July 26th at 7 p.m., they were with us somewhere else. Imanu Hayisam in a different city. Now the first two witnesses are not here. So are they going to become Zomim? Says Rabbi Avo, no. We're not going to do to them what they tried to do, but it's still called Hachasha. We're still going to view this as Trey Utrey, as two witnesses arguing on two other witnesses, and they're going to knock each other off, and everything's going to stay in its original Chazaka. Okay, beautiful, period. End of that, uh, end of, uh, end of that statement. Of Rabbi Avo, Gavaldik. Omar Mar, the Tana taught us. If there's witnesses as to whose signatures are there, or the signatures are becoming valid through somewhere else, you match it up with signatures elsewhere. For example, let's say you have another document where there's an ear error, somebody claimed a weakness in that document, and it, it, it became chazaka, it gained status, it was, held up, it was upheld inside of a bezden, then ein nemonim, the new edim are, uh, the new edim are not trusted. To say that there's an issue, right? Again, you have two witnesses sign. Two witnesses say they were puzzled when they signed. 
Says Gemara, well, if other witnesses come along and say that there was, it was, you know, we could validate the signatures and it's upheld the bezin, we now we trust the new third group of witnesses. Okay, says Gemara. Karlov ir in. It seems that this document that we're using to match up their signatures and to and to make it valid, that's where we say that you can validate the original signatures through this. But let's say there was no weakness, no issue that came up in the other document. It seems I can't use it to validate other signatures. That's interesting. What's the logic over there? Says the Gemara. That is a proof to Ravasi. The Omar Ravasi. Ravasi says, It has to be a document that had a ear and then was upheld in Bezdin. Why? Why? You know why? Because what happens when there's a weakness found in the document and then Bezdin establishes it? You know what we did? Big time research. If you have ear, what's ear? Ear is when you have a document and there a, a rumor goes out there that there's an issue with the document. You know what you need to know to certify that document? You better do your research. So on a document where there was error, there was potential weakness, and the Bezdin was still willing to uphold it, then we're willing to take that document and say, oh, that is such a hush of a document, we're going to use that to, to certify the original signatures. But if you have a, just a second document which never went through the challenge of having a weakness and needing in-depth uh, you know, uh, uh, approach on behalf of the Besden, then the signatures on that other document don't have enough research done on it, and we're not going to use that second set of, of uh, signatures to certify the original set. Okay? Very fascinating logic. Says the Gemara, Amri, ben Arda, uh, Amri Nardai, the people of Nardai said, in We only establish a document through information that comes from two ksubas. That's what it seems. Two ksubas. Or let's say two deeds that are coming from a field. And also, as long as the owners of their field used them and, and lived in them and made, made use of them for three years. And ubishufi means there was no challenge to their ownership. Amr Rasimi Barashi, Rasim Barashi says, and you should know, this is also true when somebody else brings the other documents, the other stories, to show us that the signatures over here are valid. But let's say the person who's actually has the star is the one who also needs to certify the signatures, right? For example, the lender wants to tell you that the signatures on, on, on his document are valid. That's what he wants to tell us. If he's the one showing up, giving, uh, you know, with a different bill of sale or a, a different document saying that it's going to be, uh, saying that it's going to be valid, then we don't trust him. Then we don't trust him. Okay, why? So Rashi says an interesting logic. It's, it, the reason why I find it interesting is because uh, it seems from Rashi, usually we trust somebody, it's usually innocent or proven guilty. Rashi says in this circumstance, when somebody has to prove that the signatures on, on, that, on the document is good and that he's actually owed the money, there is a concern. He may look at the signature on the document, learn how to... Uh, is the word counterfeit? Or you get what I'm saying, right? Learn how to sign it 
in that way on the other documents and then show up with the documents. Because once he has a, a uh, personal gain from it, we can't trust anymore the other document to validate the original. But if somebody else is showing up and he says, hey, you know, you need to certify the signatures. By the way, I had those witnesses also sign on a, a separate document five years before, a month later, whatever, whatever it was. And here, let's batch up the signatures. Then we will use it to validate. Says the Gemara, The logic that we said, if he pulls it out, he might have uh, made a counterfeit. Says the Gemara, maybe if we're concerned about him counterfeiting, counterfeiting the signatures, maybe there's a concern that maybe he convinced somebody else to do it on his behalf. Says the Gemara, No. So, you know, this, so far, to, to go so far to do such a thing where uh, we're not concerned that people are uh, so good at, at uh, doing things in that way, which is a beautiful uh, concept as well. And that is, as we know, Shekhar could only walk too far, right? As, as uh, the famous Gemara and Shabbos tells us, MS, the famous, famous Gemara, MS, Aleph Mem Saf, has legs. An aleph has two legs on bottom, a mem is completely flat on bottom, and a suf has two legs. Truth is sturdy. Sheker, a shin, comes to a point on bottom. Kuf has one leg separated, and a resh has one leg. Sheker has one leg. It doesn't stand. It's very easy to tip over sheker. So there's a concern for sheker up until a point. At a certain point, you say that, you know, the sheker's not going to last. We'll be able to figure this out. Hence, we don't have any tremendous concern. Beautiful. Gavaldic. Okay. Next piece of Gemara. Here we go. Next price. A ton of Rabbanon. The rabbis learned, and so should we. A person is allowed to write his testimony on a document and testify and testify about it even many, many years later. Okay? So, what does that mean? What it means is like this. Rashi says, if you see an incident, something happened. You could be far away. It could be not far away. Let's say you're out alone and... You have testimony, but you're not near a court to give the testimony or whatever. You just, you're too scared to go testify. You write down in your diary what happened. And then years later, you build up the courage or you come to a city that has a Bezdin and you want to testify. Okay? So the halacha is that um, the witness can read from his paper and testify in Bezdin and we're going to call that testimony. Now, the Chiddush over here is, is that the Torah tells us, Al pi shnayim edim yakum davar. has to be from the mouth of witnesses. So you're not allowed to email in your testimony to a Bezdin. That doesn't work. You can't text in your testimony. But what we will allow is that if you put it to text, and then you walk to Bezdin and you speak it out, that's going to be valid. Okay? That's the Bryson. And even if it's years later, then you're saying it with your mouth, you could testify about it. And this is when he's, the, the Zechira is, you know, is, uh, he, he basically remembers all the details. Okay, this is again, seemingly how Rashi's understanding over here. He seemingly remembers on the, all, all the details. If we look at Rashi together, it's the second Rashi from the bottom. Um, 
I'm sorry, Shazaychor Latzmei, the third to last Rashi. As long as he remembers part of his testimony on his own, and he's just looking at his document for notes to make sure, you know, sometimes you forget specific details of it. He doesn't want to forget those details. But all in all, he remembers his testimony. Then we're going to accept it in a Bezdin. Rabbi Yechonon says, no. Even if he doesn't really, uh, the, the, the information is very vague in his mind and he has to read it from paper, as long as you're saying it with your mouth, it's going to be a valid testimony. Amar Rabba, Rabba says, we learn from Rabbi Sadusa. If you have two people who know testimony, and one of them, you know, two people see something, and one of them doesn't really, he's like, hey, you remember what happened? He's like, yeah, vaguely something, we saw something five years ago. 50 years ago, we saw something. Yeah. So, they, they, they're allowed to remind each other. Because what's the difference than seeing it on paper? As long as we're like discussing it and handling it, dealing with it, and we're like, oh yeah, taka. Like I remember, yeah, that, it says it. That's also going to work. Iboilu, they ask the question, searching for information. Atzmai mai. This is interesting, Shaila. What happens if the two witnesses are not refreshing each other's minds, but rather the one who needs the testimony is reminding them about what they saw? Is that going to be valid? Okay, in other words, the litigant says to the witness... Do you remember this? Remember the specific detail that you didn't mention in your testimony? The guy's like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." Right? So the reminder is coming from the actual litigant. Then what do we say? It's fine because ultimately the guy says, "Yeah, I remember," and then he's testifying. That's it. I remember, and now I'm testifying. So far, we don't do it. Why not? This is also beautiful. What, 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 why do you think not? You think the witness is trying to lie? No. What, what's that? That's true. He's suggesting, and because he's suggesting it, whenever, this is so deep and so profound and so important, whenever we see something, we're going to see it through our own eyes. So even though the litigant is technically saying, I'm just reminding the witness what he saw, it's not possible. Because the witness never saw it the way the litigant saw it. And therefore, and that and Gavaldi, and, and now that the witness is dependent on the litigant giving him the information, so now it's not going to be the same as if the witness saw it himself. Hence it's a it's a it's a weak testimony. Beautiful. Okay? Beautiful uh, beautiful concept and beautiful lingua, just another living life and understanding uh, you know the the reality, the Matthias, as we're as we're uh, going to see soon, we're going to have a story. However, let's say Rashi says, let, let's say he's a yeshiva bacher, he's somebody who learns Gemara, he understands details and nuances. Okay, then ready for this? If you are aware that the litigant probably didn't see it like you. And you're willing to trust yourself to be like, oh yeah, let me explain how I really saw it, not the way he's telling me I saw it. If you're smart enough to do that, if you have enough finesse, enough of a periodic mind to understand that difference, we'll actually listen to, uh, we'll allow the litigant to jog the witness's memory. 
Like there was a story. Rav Ashi knew some sort of testimony that was going to be beneficial for Rav Kahana. Amar Lei. And Rav Kahana says, Do you remember this testimony? Amar Lei Lei. He says, Nah, too vague. I don't really, I don't really get it. He says, well, you, you, you don't remember what happened? Wasn't it like this? Amar Lei. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. L'saif itka Ravashi. So Ravashi says, I could remind you. And he told him, he told him what happened. And then Osid lay. And he was willing to testify. So Chazi Rav Kahana, Dav Machasim. So he saw Rav Kahana, who was Machasim. Machasim means he was like muzzled. Yeah, he was like, what? Yeah, his jaw dropped. He was speechless. Right? So Omar lay, he says, Me sarvet Allah kosamichna. You want to know why I'm testifying? When you're the one who to, who uh, had to remind me, you know why I'm doing. I'm not relying on you. You think you, you think you're so good? No, 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 no. No, I know who the Ramayana Once you told me your story, I used my own mind to remember Taka how I saw it, right? To to remember how it went down in my memory, my way, and therefore I'm comfortable giving the testimony. So you see over here also a beautiful idea, right? You could have two people, both of them. Honest people, no one's trying to lie or whatever. But one type of person, if their if their mind is not molded enough to grasp the these the differences of ha- there's a difference between the way you saw it and I saw it, and getting into the the mindfulness and the the, the intent of it. If you if you don't have that down pat, you can't testify when somebody else jogs your memory. Otherwise, if you do have that power, they do have that kayak, then you are capable to do so. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful gemara. Okay, says. Um, says the Gemara Vaita. Tanan Hassan. Again, we're going to talk, speak a little bit of a different topic, but also focusing on, um, on testimony and when is somebody allowed to testify when they themselves didn't have the total information in mind at that time. So here we go. It's a fascinating, uh, fascinating uh, topic over here. We learned in the Mishnah Tan Hassan. We learned in, uh, in a Mishnah over there in Mesachas Ayolais. Hatalulias. When you have tulias, tulias are like little hills. Hakrayvais bein leir ubein lederech, that are krayvais. They are close, either to the city or to the road leading. We'll, we'll see what a road means. Okay, either in the city or the road. Echor chadashais vechad yishenais tamedis. Whether it's a new mound, okay, a new hill, or an older hill, the halacha is tamei. You know why? Because very often, after burying somebody, they left the mound so nobody would walk over it. So it's symbolic of have of tumah, symbolic of somebody being buried there. Okay, harachai guys. What about if you have a hill, a little mound that's <coughs> um, far away, outside the city? So chadosha is tahirais. If it's a new one, then it's tahir. Yeshana is if it's an old one, then it's going to be tummy. Okay, why? See, here's basically what it means like this. If it's old, which means nobody's around and alive to tell us somebody's buried there, then you have to assume there's a chance someone's buried there. But if it's a new one, a newer hill, a newer mound, we would know. I, I find this so fascinating. I, I want to, I want to uh, pause for a moment before we get into what's considered close and far, which the Gemara is about to ask. You know, like sometimes we drive by old cemeteries. Yeah? Sometimes I think to myself... You know how old this country is? You know how old this country is? 250 years old? That's nothing. Right? We don't, we don't know what an old cemetery is. 
go to the Middle East, you go to Russia, you go to the, that's that's you have you mamish have basakvaris that are old. Right? We have even Jewish basakvaris, thousand years old. In in uh, you know in Eretz Yisrael, you know, mamish. It's 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 an incredible thing. Our cemeteries are not old. You know, the mice safe call safe. Bottom line is, you can you pretty much could find documentation about recent history. Our our country is very 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 young compared to other um, uh, places on planet Earth that uh, that people have lived. So the Gemara is saying, you know, when it's an old hill, which means that there's nobody around to have any sort of document or whatever. So then we have a concern. Suffolk might be told me that. If it's new, so then go find documentation. People should know about it. People should know. And if you don't know, you're allowed to be lenient. You understand? Since there's a logic of we could know that, so people should know. Why does anybody know? We're assuming people aren't willingly ignorant. It must be that there's a mound there. It's newer. Oh, so there's nobody buried there. Otherwise, we know about it. It says, Gemara, Ezu, cry, but what's considered near the city or the road? Hamishamama, within 50 amas. Vezu, Yishana. What is, uh, what's old? It means Shishim Shana. It means there's a mound that's been there, unspoken about for Tumah, over 60 years. So if you have a place, which is more than 60 years, and nobody's ever mentioned that that is a burial place. You don't need to assume anymore it's a burial place. Tiberi Meir, these words are Meir. Vida Meir Vida says, Kreva Shein Kreva Heimeno. Nearby means that this is like the, the, you know, the road leading out of town or something like that. There's nothing, cro- you know, closer than him. And Yeshena Shein Adam Zeichra. It does, it, it, it's, not, it's not a matter of years. It's a matter of people knowing. It's a matter of like documentation. Umay iru my derech. What's considered a city? What's considered a road? Even my ear ear mamish derech derech mamish. Even said mamish a city, a mamish a road. Misveik amimach zaginan tuma. Do you assume tuma out of a suffix? You see a hill, let's say, uh, going out of town on your way out. What's the rule if you have a suffix tuma outside? We're lenient, right? So v'amar ishlakish ilam matzu v'tiara yerz yisrael. Um, do you assume Tumah without any knowledge? But Rish Lakesh teaches us, Ila, Matsu, they found, uh, they found Ila, which is, um, uh, call it a, uh, let's just translate this here in context as reasoning. Vitiaru Eretz Yisrael. And therefore they said Eretz Yisrael is Tahar. Okay, meaning, when they, we come back to Eretz Yisrael, you go to a place, you assume, unless somebody lets you know that there's a base aquarist there, that a Kayan is allowed to walk there. So you see, says the Gemara, if you have a place and you don't know what's there, in a general just being out there, you don't have to assume Tumah. So Amar says, Ir, Ir, Hasmuchel, Beis Akvaris, Derech, Derech, Beis Akvaris. So it's referring to a known cemetery, and you're dealing with places that lead nearby to that cemetery, that's where we say, oh, if there's a hill, so then there's a concern, there's Tuma, it's on the way, it's right near the Beis Akvaris. How do you know where the Beis Akvaris always ended where they made that wall, let's say, okay? But otherwise, you're right. If it's just a regular, you walk in on, on a field, and there happens to be a hill, a mound, you, you know, that's uh, like a little blip, you, know, you just have to walk over, then you don't need to be concerned about... Um, you don't need to be concerned about the uh, the tum. Okay. Says Gemara. Bishlama derech beisakavaris. It makes sense on the way to beisakavaris. The zimn and the masri beinashmoshes. Sometimes, you know, you're you're. You, it's we're going into Shabbos, 
and you want to bury somebody. And it's almost Shabbos, and they're almost by the cemetery, but oh, they just missed it, so they had to quickly pull over the road, and they buried the guy, you know, on the road. They, just, they, they didn't have time before Shabbos. When you have a city near a Beis HaKvaris, everybody goes to the Beis HaKvaris. Why would you have a, why would you have a, a corpse buried in that location? Is there an excuse to bury a corpse away from the basic virus? No, it's in the city anyway. So what, what's the logic? Um, Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanina says, Because women bury their fetuses there. And also sometimes, Nebuch, people had, had uh, boils and they had to have their arms amputated because of that. And they would bury their arms over there. They wouldn't bury it mamish in a cemetery, they would be, but they would bury it you know, in the city, near the cemetery. So you have to be concerned that... Um, you know, uh, there, there's tumma on that. Says the Gemara. Up to fifty amas, a woman's going to go by herself outside the town. A woman's going to go by herself to bury her baby. Tfei, but any further than that, so she's not going to go. Dabra inish She'll take somebody with her to keep her safe. She's not just going to go uh, travel along, uh, travel alone, and they'll go all the way to the basic kavaras. And therefore, tumenet sol. We um they uh we don't have a chazaka. All right, let's wrap this up till the Mishnah. Then we'll hold it here. Amar of Chista Shmami no Meir of Meir. We learn out from the words of Rav Meir. Haisa Adusa Ad Shisin Shnin Midkar. When it comes to Edus as well, a person could testify up to sixty years. Tfeiloy Midkar. The same way we're saying a person could remember where a basic kvaris is up to sixty years. It seems further than that. You, we don't accept testimony. Same thing should apply to any testimony. That's how this is all coming full full circle for our Gemara. Let's say it's 62 years later and somebody's telling us, oh, by the way, I know about a Besakvaris. <clears throat> I know somebody's buried there. According to him, that's 60 year, uh, what's it called? Um, when there's a limit, uh, uh, statute of limitation, is it? Right? It's like you're limited into how long you're allowed to give testimony. So according to that, so if you can't testify that there's a that there's a corpse there, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be uh, uh, you shouldn't be allowed to testify about anything that's over sixty years old. Fine, says the Gemara You should know it's not true. Because over there, that we're not sure where somebody's buried. Says the Gemara, beautiful. Who has a chryas to know whether there's a corpse there? Nobody in particular. Such a beautiful idea. Right? Somebody in Islam, there was a burial there. Fine, very nice. So it's upon everybody. You ever try delegating something and you say, somebody should do this? Does it ever get done? No. Right? Any, anybody who's ever taken the, you know, to, to even, you know, CPR, you take a CPR course, right? We just did it, we just had it this past Sunday in Shul. One of the first rules is, one of the first rules is, is as you're getting down to starting CPR, you point to one person and you say, you call 911, you bring me an AED. And then you get going. You don't say, somebody call 911. No, no, no. You, you appoint individual people who you are responsible. You do this. You make sure this gets done. You make sure this gets done. Says Gemara. When it comes to remembering a burial, so then, there's nobody has particular chayas. So then they'll, rem- they'll forget after 60 years. But over here, since... You know, you're the one who te- you're the only one who testified. You're the only one who saw it. So then we'll say that a person holds it in their memory uh, even uh, even uh, further. Okay, um, someone should do something. Most annoying part of a board meeting. Yeah, masking, masking. <laughs> Very good. All right, Chavra Yashikayach. Thank you so so much. I'm going to go board my flight. Bez uh, Hopefully we're not delayed. Um, have a wonderful wonderful evening, Bez We will. Pick it up from here tomorrow evening, hopefully, from Jerusalem. 
Gute Nacht.